Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Friday, September 25th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'm going to go through on today's show and talk about my picks and my leans for week three in the Circus Sports Million 2, off to a 7-2-1 and one start, looking to continue that progress here for this weekend in the NFL. We got a lot of great NFL content over at ATS.io right now. We got a lot of updates on the top sportsbook promotions for this weekend across the industry, places like PointsBet, BetMGM, DraftKings, BetRivers, all kinds of great offers available out there for you right now. So we encourage you to head on over to the website and check all of those out. Along with the NFL content, we've got college football content, we've got MLB content, NBA, NHL, we got a lot of things going on over there covering industry news in Michigan and Tennessee as well. So again, over at ATS.io, plenty of things for you to check out. If you've missed anything here on ATS Radio throughout the week, you can go back and check out those segments. Monday with Kyle Hunter, Tuesday with Brian Blessing, as well as a Tuesday edition of the Betters Box that I did solo. Then yesterday with Brad Powers, and I know we had some audio issues yesterday, wasn't able to do any of the feature videos for our ATS YouTube page. I apologize for that, but... It was out of my control, did the best I could editing that audio file, so hopefully it wasn't too bad on yesterday's program. But then every Friday here on ATS Radio, you can hear my thoughts for the Circus Sports Million. We're covering those in article form over at ATS.io, and by those I mean the Circus Sports Million and also the Westgate Super Contest. Previews up uh, Saturday night for the Circa and Sunday morning for the Westgate, and then recap articles every Tuesday over at the website. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and give you some of those updates here for the Circus Sports Million. As I said, my entry off to a 7-2-1 start. That is the ATS.io-2 entry. 4-0-1 in week one. The Raiders, the swing game for me last week to get me to 3-2. So that's how we get 7-2-1 here to start the Circa. Our other entry, ATS.io-1, Three and two, now five and five on the season here so far. We do have an entry in the Circa Survivor. That was a winner last week with the Tennessee Titans, but a lot of people won with the Titans and a lot of the other games on the card for last week. In fact, in the Circa Survivor, after losing well over 30% of the field in week one, only four of the 805 entries fell out of the running last week. So look, you know, a lot of sports books have talked about this. A lot of places have been discussing this. It was a very good week last week for betters. Just about every teaser came through. Uh, you know, the public dogs came through. The public favorites came through. Very, very good week overall for betters. And a good week for everybody in the Circus Survivor as well. Except for those four of the 805 entries remaining uh, that did wind up falling out of the race in week two. We'll see what happens here in week three, and we'll see what happens in the Circus Sports Million as well. Coming off of the second best week in contest history, there have been 19 weeks in the Circus Sports Million. Last year was the inaugural year. Last week, 55.88%, 8,781 winners, 6,934 losers, almost 56%. That is an outstanding week, to say the least, in the Circa. Year to date now, 16,528 winners, 14,041 losers, 796 pushes. 
That is 54.07% through two weeks in the Circa. So, you know, to me, that's a very interesting number because we talked a lot here on ATS Radio about the unique lead up to the season, no preseason. You know, a lot of people probably going off of what they're comfortable with, what they've most recently seen. And so far, a lot of those sides have come in quite nicely here for the Circa. And we'll see if that trend continues on into week three and as we go forward here throughout the contest. One perfect entry remains at 10-0. and 0, That is Doug's team dash three. Four entries here in the Circus Sports Million at 9-0-1. 21 entries at 9-1. and 1. And remember, the quarterly prizes are really the big prize here in the Circus Sports Million. Yes, you do win a million dollars if you're first for the full season. $300,000 per second. But $187,000 is your prize for having the best point total over the four weeks of each quarter. There are five weeks in the fourth quarter, weeks 13 to 17. But that's the big prize, $187,000 for first with these quarterly prizes. That's more than the third place prize for the full season. So, you know, look, a lot of people could look down on that. A lot of people could sort of dismiss that approach a little bit. But it does keep everybody invested over the course of the season. And I give the Circa credit for doing that. And interestingly enough, the Super Contest, which did have smaller quarterly prizes, they went up to 135000 this year on their quarter prizes. 100K for first, 25 for second, 10 for third. So they tried their best to keep pace with the Circa Sports Million here. But with no rake in the Circa, the lower entry fee, the Circa with well over 3,000 contestants, the Super Contest, just under 1200 So a big difference here in terms of the contest hierarchy out in Las Vegas for 2020. The consensus last week, 9-7 and seven in the NFL for the Circa. Those are the most selected sides in each individual game. Now 17-14-1 for the year. Top five consensus, 3-2 and two last week, now 6-4 and four for the season. As far as the Super Contest goes, we're not in it, but we continue to update it because it is important industry news. 53.52% for the Super Contest last week, now 53.11% for the season. Consensus 17-13-1. The Chiefs and Texans game on Thursday night in week one had the same number of picks with 47, so that one doesn't count towards the consensus. The top five in the Super Contest, six and four as well here through two weeks, and if you thought the percentage in the circle was good, 55.88%, how about the Super Contest Gold? Only 72 entrants in that this season, but 59.17% last week, now 57.59% for the season. So the Gold Field with an outstanding week two, an outstanding week across the board in the contest, but 59% in a contest is quite strong, Uh, But the Circa, again, 56% or so, very, very good for the Circa field. And we'll see what it looks like here in week three. Tons of injuries affecting the week three card, as we know. But the thing about it is, we don't have a lot of questionable designations out there for a lot of players that would move the number or dramatically alter a handicap. We do have some cluster injuries with questionable players. The Raiders offensive line is one of them. Um, The... Oh, boy. There's a secondary that's got 
several questionable designations as well that I can't think of right now off the top of my head. But that's something you want to factor into the equation here too, is that the cluster injuries are a big deal here in the NFL. We know Garoppolo's out. We know Barkley's out. We know McCaffrey's out. We know a lot of these guys that are out for the season with ACLs and other injuries. But those cluster injuries at positions with questionable designations are things you want to look at really closely. And there is one that is impacting my set of picks here for the Circus Sports Million, a game that will be my fifth pick if I get some positive injury news. And remember that I am recording this here late morning on Friday. Our picks aren't due to our proxy until 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So I do have plenty of time, still over 24 hours, to make those last-minute decisions. And a lot of those do oftentimes come down to that injury report. So I just like to throw that disclaimer out there. I won't go against a play that I've talked about here on ATS Radio, but I may leave some games off or maybe add a game that I wound up not discussing uh, because of some injury considerations or some other research or news that breaks between the time I finish recording the show and the time that my picks are due to my proxy, which, by the way, our proxy, Vegas Maddie and Tony over at footballcontest.com. So far, so good. Of course, they do everything online. They do a phenomenal job with that. They've been a great proxy service for us over the last several years. And if you're looking for a proxy for future football contests out in Las Vegas, we highly recommend footballcontest.com. All right, so with that, I've got four very likely picks, two leans, one lean much stronger than the other. That is the game where I'm monitoring that injury situation to where if I get positive news on those two players, that will be my fifth pick here for week three of the Circa. But we start with the Patriots, number three in the Circa Super, the uh, Circa Sports Million rotation order. They are a six and a half point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I talked about this game on Thursday's show with Brad Powers. And in fact, since we talked, there's actually been a very strange line move on this game. The Patriots were minus six, minus six and a half. Some action came in yesterday that drove the line down to five. It's back up to five and a half at most places. I don't get this line move. I think it's a head fake to try and come over the top when limits increase here for the weekend. Get the Patriots in a spot that everybody seems to love for a much higher price and get that number of six, which as we talked about on Monday's show with Kyle Hunter, key numbers in the NFL have changed a little bit over the last few years with the extra point move back. So maybe some people trying to get five, trying to get six here with the Patriots. I don't really know what the case is, but what I do know is that I disagree with the line move that we saw. And like I said, I think it's just a head fake to try and get New England at a better price before limits increase across the market here for this weekend. But look, I'm taking Patriots minus six and a half. The spot is terrible for the Raiders. Second trip east in three weeks. Short week, off an emotional Monday night football win over the Saints. And the Patriots lost to Seattle. And I I understand that people may say that there could be a hangover or something like that to that Seattle loss. But the fact of the matter for me is that, look, I think in some respects, it's kind of a win for the Patriots. They were a yard away from winning that game. Cam Newton looked great. And Josh McDaniels seems to really be working very well with Cam Newton. They have more flexibility in the playbook now. It hides some of their skill player deficiencies that they have this mobile quarterback 
that they can call design runs with, have run pass options and stuff like that, that's going to help some of these guys get open. And I think that's something that will really benefit Cam Newton and the Patriots as they go forward here. So they lost, but Cam Newton looked really good. And I think that's in and of itself a win for the Patriots here, making that transition from the Tom Brady era. The defense had some issues. We kind of expected that. And like I said last week, one of my concerns with the Patriots was that this is probably the type of game where the loss of a Dante Hightower, of a Patrick Chung comes into play. And that did wind up being the case. So I had a reservation about that Patriots play in the circle last week. And it wound up coming to fruition. And even with that, they were still a yard away from covering and winning that game outright. I've got full faith and trust in Bill Belichick to fix those defensive issues. Last week was a tough week, too. His mom passed away. They had the long travel out to Seattle. So, you know, they had to put a, a lot of those, you know, um, a lot of those, I don't want to say obligations, but a lot of those responsibilities on the back burner a little bit with the long travel, with the long trip and stuff like that. So just a tough situation for Belichick, for his team. Then you get the James White situation, the tragedy of losing his father and his mother severely injured in a car accident. There were a lot of tough things for the Patriots last week. And not to say that, you know, those things have gotten that much easier here this week, but at least they're back home. You know, they're in a situation where they're, you know, trying to focus on football to sort of get their minds off of some of those other things. I think you get a very motivated, very focused Patriots team this week. And with the Raiders here, you know, offensive line issues for them. Richie Incognito goes out. They've got three offensive linemen listed as questionable here in Brown, Good, and Young. Josh Jacobs is likely to play, but he's dinged up a little bit. Uh, you got Gruden going east, one and five ATS playing that early kickoff in non-season openers. They did have that game against Carolina earlier on in the year, but you know that one's sort of you put an asterisk next to because it's the first game of the year, and you factor in that it's a short week. I've spent a lot of time on this game already, but uh, like Brad Powers said yesterday, with this being his biggest NFL play of the year, this is my favorite NFL play of the year as well. Patriots minus six and a half here over the Raiders. Uh, my first pick for week three in the Circus Sports Million 2. Next up on the board here for me is number eight, the Houston Texans. They are plus four taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Houston started the season with Kansas City and Baltimore. And maybe Pittsburgh will be a good team. Maybe Pittsburgh won't be a good team. But they're not on the level of the Chiefs or the Ravens. We can all agree with that point. The Steelers, look, they've played well. And defensively, they played very well. Their defense is very, very strong. But, you know, look, I mean, they, they haven't played anybody. You know, they're stepping up in class here. And I think for Houston, this is a circle the wagons type of spot. You do not want to fall to 0-3. And, and look, you were looking at this schedule saying, okay, we're probably going to have a hard time with Kansas City. We're probably going to have a hard time with Baltimore. We got to win this game. And I think this is one that Bill O'Brien has placed a lot of emphasis on. And it's not like the Texans have played poorly against those two teams. They're only minus 0.1 in yards per play differential despite playing two of the league's best teams and two of the league's best and most potent offenses from last season. They didn't force a turnover in either game. They're still under six yards per play allowed. 
I give them a lot of credit for that. The Steelers have major offensive line issues. Ben Roethlisberger is taking some hits. But again, this is the best offense that this defense has faced. And to this point in time, Pittsburgh's opponents are just two for seven scoring touchdowns in the red zone. The Texans are four for five already so far this year. And again, they've played two very good, very well-coached teams to start this season. So I don't trust the Steelers with this step up in class. I like the Texans with the step down in class. Yeah, I wish it was six like it was earlier on in the week. A little bit of a bummer that it's down to four now. But quite frankly, I think Houston wins this game outright anyway. So number eight, the Houston Texans plus four, the second pick here for my Circus Sports Million card. Next up, number 17, the Atlanta Falcons. They are minus three and a half against the Chicago Bears. And to me, the same theory that applied to that last game applies to this game. Had the Falcons been bad on defense? Yes, but they faced Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. This week, they face Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. This Bears offense is nowhere near, not even remotely close to the Seahawks or the Cowboys offenses. So I like Atlanta from that standpoint. And the Bears, look, Trubisky's played basically two good quarters and they're 2-0. They played the Lions who have had issues and they should have lost that game. And they played the Giants, who lost Saquon Barkley, and they're just full of issues as well. They don't have good offensive line play. The the Bears have gotten very fortunate here with who they've played to start the season. And this is very important. This is something you really want to take a look at here over weeks three, four, and five. See who these teams have played. See if their results are in line or indicative of who they've played. Because the Falcons have played two very good offensive teams, two potential division winners here in the Seahawks and the Cowboys, and the Bears are nowhere near that level. And when you look at Atlanta here, they've actually scored on the same percentage of possessions as their opponents at 54.5%. The difference is they've had some more field goal opportunities, whereas their opponents, 9 for 10 in the red zone. The Bears, though, they're just 3 and 6 in the red zone, or 3 for 6, excuse me, in the red zone here so far. This is a clear, quintessential circle the wagons game for Atlanta. They cannot lose this game because they're on the road at Green Bay next week, so they're staring at 0-4. And maybe that's an overblown angle, but the Falcons absolutely have to win this game, and I think they should, and I think they should win this game comfortably. Again, a massive step down in class offensively for this Falcons defense and for Chicago here, a massive step up in class for their defense as they face Matt Ryan and a Falcons offense that to this point has been pretty productive. So number 17, the Atlanta Falcons minus three and a half on my list here for week three in the Circus Sports Million. Lastly here, very likely pick, number 28, the Dallas Cowboys plus four and a half. They take on the Seattle Seahawks. And was it pretty last week for the Cowboys? No, but I think it was a big win and a big vote of confidence in general to come from behind and beat the Falcons. They made the right call to go for two. They had to figure out what they needed to do. Should they have recovered the onside kick? No, probably not. But Mike McCarthy has evolved as a coach with his in-game decision-making. We see that here so far. And I think things should just continue to get smoother with Kellen Moore as we keep going forward here. 
The Cowboys are plus 0.7 in yards per play differential on the season, but they're only one and one. And maybe they lost the game they should have won and won the game that they should have lost, but their offense looks pretty good here so far. And they draw a Seahawks defense this week that has allowed 6.6 yards per play. The Cowboys can move the football here. This feels to me like a last team with the ball wins type of game. And I'm getting four and a half here on the Cowboys. That's good enough for me. There are major coverage liabilities for Seattle. Marquise Blair is now out. That hurts their secondary depth. And when you look at the Cowboys here, three turnovers, they only have one takeaway. They've also turned it over on downs four times. So the Cowboys are effectively minus six in turnover margin here, but they've moved the ball efficiently. They've you know had scoring opportunities. I think positive regression is coming for this Dallas Cowboys team. So I will take them here this week and expect them to move the football on the Seahawks, getting four and a half. So the very likely picks for my circuit card for week three, Patriots minus six and a half, Texans plus four, Falcons minus three and a half, Cowboys plus four and a half. Now I do have a list of three leans here. My fifth pick will come from one of these three games here. And this first lean will be my fifth pick if Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are going to be in the lineup for the Buffalo Bills this week. And that is the Bills minus two and a half against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, I mentioned this on Tuesday with Brian Blessing, but the fact that the Bills are being more aggressive offensively, getting more vertical in the pass game, not just putting it on their defense and their running game, these are all positive signs to me. You've got to move it in chunks in the NFL. You've got to be able to get some of those long passing plays. And now, with how they've revamped the receiver core, this is a Buffalo team that can do that. And I think that this offense is not getting the respect that it deserves. And yes, I was on the Dolphins last week, and yes, they got to the window and covered for me, but I was very impressed with the Bills. And if Milano and Edmonds are playing in that game last week, Miami doesn't come close to covering, in my opinion. So if Milano and Edmonds are back, I'm taking the Bills here, and this will be my fifth pick. The Rams went all the way back home to Los Angeles after playing Philadelphia last week. Uh, The Rams, look, you know, I think that a lot of this Sean McVay love is coming back now because the Rams are 2-0. You know, maybe they shouldn't have beat the Cowboys. Maybe they should have. That's up to you to decide. But then they had this really good performance against the Eagles last week. When there was some sharper money on the Eagles, and the Eagles were the most popular pick in the Circa here as well. But I just feel like this Rams team, you know, you got the Jarrett Goff checklist. Is he on the road? Is he going to be pressured? All these types of things. And I think the Bills, with a strong defense, with two of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL back in the fold, I don't think this bodes well for this matchup for Jared Goff. The Bills offense Again, you know, I talk about the defense and the importance of Milano and Edmonds, and they are critically important. But the Bills' offense is, I think I saw today, they're second in open targets because they've got receivers creating separation. And the big knock on Josh Allen has always been that accuracy, but he doesn't have to throw into tight windows anymore. His guys are getting open. That elevates him as a quarterback because we know he has the arm strength. I like a lot of things about the Bills, and I like them here this week, minus two and a half. If Milano and Edmonds are in, they are officially my fifth pick here for week three in the Circa. If Milano and Edmonds are not, 
Well, I got a couple of other games that are kind of on my radar here. Number 11, the Tennessee Titans minus two and a half. This one scares me because I think everybody in the contest is going to be on this one. But the Vikings with another key loss in linebacker Anthony Barr. And the big thing for the Vikings here so far this year is that they lost most of their back seven to free agency and trade. Now they lose one of the only holdovers in Barr. Tennessee, though, what scares me about Tennessee is that they only have 5.3 yards per play so far this season. A.J. Brown's still not practicing. He probably won't play. Derrick Henry's off to a slow start. And only 10.4 yards per catch coming from Ryan Tannehill's arm here for the Titans. They're not creating big plays. The Vikings defense, I don't know if it's good enough to hang. The loss of Barr is a big deal. But the Titans strike me as a little bit of a scary road favorite here. Just because offensively, they're not firing on all cylinders. And defensively, they've given up six yards per play so far this year. So that's to the Broncos and the Jaguars. And... That's not a great look for Tennessee to this point. So Titans minus two and a half is a lean, although it's not a game that I'm really in love with at all right now as I sort of look at their offensive situation. The other game that's a lean for me, number 30, the Green Bay Packers plus three and a half. This would be just a numbers play. Getting the hook here, rest of the market sitting on three. It's very hard to trust the Saints right now with two really disappointing offensive performances We saw how much they missed Michael Thomas last week. We'll see if Thomas can give it a go this week on Sunday Night Football. My guess is probably not. And Aaron Rodgers just looks like a man on a mission. The Green Bay defense has played well. They've had good game plans with Matt LaFleur. Packers plus three and a half because of the number value is my other lean here. Maybe makes the card if the Bills don't get Milano and Edmonds back. But the fact of the matter is that my card is very likely going to be Patriots minus six and a half. Texans plus four, Falcons minus three and a half, Cowboys plus four and a half, and the Bills minus two and a half. Again, that ATS.io-2 entry off to a 7-2-1 and one start. Hopefully can have a good week here and make things a little bit interesting when that first quarter prize is handed out after week four. I'll be back again on Monday with Kyle Hunter of huntersportspicks.com. We'll talk week five college football, week four NFL Some great college football news here late in the week. The Pac-12 is coming back. The Mountain West is coming back. The MAC is probably in pretty strong negotiations to come back. We already know the Big Ten is coming back. So we'll have lots of things to talk about over the next several weeks here on ATS Radio on the college football side. And of course, there's always lots to talk about in the NFL. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, healthy, smart, and safe weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday.